Good evening, everyone, and welcome to Fired Up, the hottest sports show in Central Ohio, the show where four sports fans talk sports for the fans. Our topics for this evening are the Los Angeles Lakers are your NBA in-season tournament champions. Jaden Daniels joins the Heisman House. UFC 296 live from Las Vegas. Another top golfer deflects to the live golf circuit. First quarter down, three more to go. Recapping the NBA's first quarter of the season. With that, I give you our assistant chief of our fire brigade, Colton Cow. Thanks, Matt. We're here on uh, Wednesday night uh, in Matt's basement. Um, got a mixed bag of mixed bag of topics here. The chief is uh, actually working uh, his real job tonight, so uh, just Matt and I in the in the studio. So we're gonna gonna get through these these topics and. Um, like I said, got a, got a mixed bag, but we're going to do a couple, couple recaps of a couple of events that happened, uh, over the past, over the past week and weekend. So we'll start, uh, start in the NBA. Um, as you may or may not be aware, you know, the NBA rolled out their in-season tournament this year. Um, and the Los Angeles Lakers were your, you know, in-season tournament champions, uh, took down the Indiana Pacers in the championship game. Um, Matt, what's your, what's your thoughts on, on that game, the semifinals, um, you know, overall NBA, you know, tournament, what, what, what do you think? Yeah. I mean, the, the tournament as a whole, I think it turned out pretty, to be pretty successful, but man, I'll tell you that it was kind of anticlimactic coming down the stretch here. Uh, all these games were really kind of 10, 12 point blowouts, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, you got the, you had the Pacers versus the Bucks playing to go to the championship. Mm-hmm. Pacers end up winning 128, 119 behind yeah. a big game by Tyrese Halliburton. Yep. Getting 27 points. And I mean, just uh, kind of a shocker there really, because yeah, yeah. the Bucks had the, the better team. So, right. you know, I mean, kind of a shocker to see, see a blowout in that one. And then holy cow, talk <laughs> about a blowout. The sure. Pelicans versus Lakers, that thing yeah. ends up 133 to 89. Right, right. It's like the Pelicans didn't even didn't even show up. Yeah, yeah. Uh, not, it, a, not a good showing. Yeah, I, I think the NBA would rather <laughs> somebody else kind of made it in that right, spot. Right, right. You know, having that star power with mm-hmm. Zion going against LeBron. Right. And, you know, LeBron definitely showed up in that game, mm-hmm. put up 30 points. Right. And, uh, the thing was over after the third quarter where <laughs> yeah. it was uh, the Lakers outscored the Pelicans 43 to 17. Yeah. That, right. that pretty much spelled doom for any yeah. chance the Pelicans had on the night. Yeah. Yeah. And, and then, then the championship, I, I think it was probably a, a little more competitive for a while, but man, Anthony Davis this time, it wasn't LeBron. It was AD he yeah, putting yeah. up 41 points, 20 boards yeah. and the team, the Lakers shot 53% from the floor. The yeah. Pacers only shot 37%. Mm-hmm. They just, they couldn't hang that way. And right. You know, the heck of a job for the Pacers to even get there. Oh, they, yeah. they weren't a team yeah. I think hardly any of us were looking at as no. a as a potential you know champion in season tournament champion. And right. They, they took it all the way to to the championship and just kind of kind of lost <laughs> lost the wheels, fell off yeah. there, and could, couldn't get her done. Yeah, yeah. I think uh, you know we we touched on it last you know last week. This this Pacers team they live and die by the three ball. Um, you know they shoot the most in the NBA you know, have one of the highest percentages as far as three point makes, but you know, again, you live and die by that. So when you're hot, you're going to smoke everybody in the gym, in the gym. When you're not, it's going to be, you know, tough, tough to get some points or tough to get buckets. Um, I think even tougher for the Pacers, you know, kind of looking at their roster and how it's made up. They don't have a lot of size. They don't have any, they don't the miles Turner outside of miles Turner. Mm -hmm. That's their only true big man. They really have all the other ones are kind of, stretch forwards combo guards you know stuff guys that again can shoot the three ball and you know shoot the ball three ball very well um so 
when they run up against a team like the Lakers who have Anthony Davis and then you have Miles Turner who fouled out in that game. I mean, it, watching that game, it was pretty much give the ball to Anthony Davis. He gets a bucket easy to the, you know, to the hole, you know, because there was a guy out there that was guarding him that was easily probably a foot or a half a foot shorter than him. It, it was, you know, pretty, pretty simple, pretty easy for a game plan. Right. Um, and when the Pacers weren't making threes, and the Lakers pretty much had a guaranteed two points every time they touched the ball. It, you know, of course, the gap is just going to keep getting bigger and bigger. Yep. Um, and, and, you know, the Pacers, you know, a way to somewhat climb into the game as well is, you know, get to the free throw line and, you know, whatnot. But again, if you're shooting threes, mm-hmm. you're not getting free throw attempts either, you know. So it's just a very different style of basketball. And, you know, you have to you have to be on the top of your game every night or you're going to have nights like this where you get blown out because if you're not making shots consistently from the outside, where's the offense come Mm. from? And, and, and it's tough for the Pacers to generate offense outside of making the three ball. So, uh, whereas the Lakers a little bit more balanced in that sense that they do have the ability to, you know, attack the rim and, you know, can shoot the outside shot as well. So, but, you know, overall, you know, was, it was a, you know, again, a great kind of showing, Obviously, the Lakers more seasoned veterans. The Pacers have, you know, some of the young up-and-coming type guys. Um, Lakers, obviously, the superstar team are more notable names on that team. The Pacers, mm, not so much. They don't have that all-star guy. I mean, Tyrese Tyrese Halliburton's kind of making a name for himself this season and even in this in-season tournament to put himself in that maybe all-star category. But coming into the season, yeah, the Pacers are just made up of a lot of guys that fill – fill roles and fill them very well. Um, So very contrasting two types of styles there. Um, But, you know, Lakers were able to come out, come out on top. LeBron was named MVP of the in-season tournament. Um, Obviously in the championship game, Anthony Davis was the guy that had the bigger impact in that game. But, uh, you know, as a whole, LeBron had had a pretty good showing throughout the whole, whole tournament. So, um, you know, the Lakers, each of the players take home a a, a cool $500,000. Pacers players still take away $200,000. So, you know, good, good for them. You know, again, I think hats off to the Pacers for making this run again. I don't think anybody saw, saw this coming uh, from this Pacers team. Um, But, you know, they, they made a run, but just, you know, ran up against a team that, you know, when you, when you can't make the three ball, it's going to be tough. Uh, So so how'd you feel about this, this thing as a whole gimmick or here to stay or what? Yeah, I think, I think definitely here to stay. Um, But you know, some, some, some things that I saw, or, you know, maybe some questions maybe going forward that I think, you know, Adam Silver, you know, the NBA as a whole will probably take a look at, or, you know, maybe consider and maybe not make all of these changes at Mm -hmm. the beginning. Uh, Maybe, you know, make one or two and, you know, just, continue to tweak this thing. Um, obviously the first one went, went fairly well, but always ways to improve or, you know, make improvements. Um, you know, so, you know, the chief talked about it on the show last week. Will there be going forward something that makes this in-season tournament even more worthwhile than just extra cash or, you know, Mm -hmm. what bragging rights or, you know, whatever, will there be something more meaningful that if you win this thing, you get something substantial and, you know, talked about like an automatic playoff berth it seems like the players don't necessarily want that they they want yeah, more I, I think that could be dangerous yeah. it's early in the season as this mm-hmm. thing's played then yeah. now all of a sudden they're just sitting guys your yeah. stars aren't playing night mm-hmm. in and night out and yeah 
I, I think that that would be bad for the fans. I don't, yeah. I don't think it would be as beneficial as it would look like in college. It doesn't work that way because for, they played all season to right. get to the it's, tournament it's at championship. The end of the year. Yeah. Right. Not, right. not in the middle. So right. I, I think where it's at, I don't think that could work. Yeah. And, and, you know, I, I it was funny watching this, um, after the Lakers had won, yeah, and they, they they went into the locker room. They yeah. had they had tarps up and everything. Right. LeBron goes in and grabs the champagne. Everybody yeah. else just kind of standing around, <laughs> right. like why why are we celebrating this? Right. They, they didn't really feel all that into it. Mm-hmm. So I, I think they do have to find a way to to bring to bring the glory to it or, or make it feel a little more exciting than just the five hundred thousand dollars. Yeah, it is interesting because uh, I did see something that the the Lakers are going to put a banner up in the <laughs> up in the rafters oh, for geez. you know for this in season tournament championship. So I mean, I think it's kind of mixed mixed emotions <laughs> of you know yeah taking it serious, not taking it serious, you know whatever. But yeah, to, to go along with that point, you know not only yeah maybe not the automatic berth into the playoffs whatever, but maybe. Um, an automatic berth, at least the seven spot, like an mm-hmm. automatic, you're at least guaranteed the seventh spot in the playoffs, which right. means that a you know tournament. you're in the play-on tournament. But then if you do that, that also maybe diminishes the whole reason they have the play-in tournament. You know, mm-hmm. you're kind of taking you're take you're you're promoting this in-season tournament, but then demoting the the in you right. know the play-in tournament because that has been something that I think has been successful and has been yeah. really, really great for, for the NBA because it's made every game somewhat meaningful and all the games somewhat the last month of the season right. They're meaningful fighting all as the well. Way. So I, I think, yeah, there's going to have to be a balance. Still have to figure out what that balance looks like. Or maybe um, they find a way to move this more like the NCAA, move right. it towards the end of the right. season right. And, and do it mm-hmm. be- before the actual playoffs. Right, and right. Then make it not an automatic <laughs> qualifier. Mm-hmm. Then you really have those teams that, Okay, didn't live up to expectations all but, season long, but, but found a way to play. Find a way to play. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then some other things I saw, you know, with the cash prizes, you know, increase. You know, obviously five hundred thousand dollars for each player and, and coach, you know, on the winning team for the championship. You know, I, I saw something. You know, does that increase? Do they go to you know seven hundred fifty mm-hmm. or a million dollars? You know, whatever. Right. Obviously, that all depends on revenue that the NBA is able to generate because mm-hmm. obviously the 500,000 and you know, whatnot is, is based, you know, this is somewhat extra bonus cash that the NBA is, is paying to the players. So in order to have extra disposable cash, you got to make extra revenue to make up that difference. Mm -hmm. So it'll all depend on how, you know, how successful the NBA can be and, and, you know, can they increase those, those bonuses? Right. Um, you know, there was some talk about obviously for this NBA in season tournament, each of the teams, when they played at home, had different court court designs. Mm. It was kind of a mixed bag on that. Some of the some of the people liked some of the court designs. Some of the teams that had like red as like their primary color, it it was kind of tough to watch on that TV. Championship and, was hard to watch too. Yeah, that yeah. blue court, yeah, it, yeah, it kind, that, kind of hurt that was another eyes, color. Yeah. yeah, red, red and like blue. It seemed like the teams that had like those kind of shades or in their colors as their primary, you know, court design. Made it kind of yeah, very tough to, to watch on TV. So there was talks about like, I think it, what it seemed like with these court designs, it was kind of a last minute like let's do this kind right. of deal. It wasn't super well planned out. I think probably going forward, if they do tweak the designs or you know if they choose to do that again, it seems like they'll go back to the drawing board a little well, bit. And more. honestly, to me, it, it made it feel more gimmicky because mm-hmm. I mean that's kind of like the big three does that, right. and like those types right. of courts right. that are looking like that mm-hmm. are designed that way. Right, right. It just makes it look kind of more more D D league ish, you know. <laughs> right, right. Um, and then there was you know talks about 
you know, how will the groups look? And we kind of talked about that on the show last mm -hmm. week of would it be the same kind of format or, you know, would they mix and match between East West or would they just keep it the same, you know, the same divisions that exist in the normal NBA, you know, the, right. the Eastern Conference, you know, Atlantic division would be the same grouping that you would have in this in-season tournament. The problem is, is that not all the divisions are balanced, in my opinion. You got, you know, some divisions that have three or four teams that are not good and then right. one dominant team. So, you know, I, I just think that that you don't have a real good mixture there. Um, so we'll see what they decide. I, I think the best way, yeah, is to mix and match between East mm, and West, in right. my opinion. But we'll see what they what they decide to do there. Um, you know, and then a couple other things were the kind of the tiebreaker. Obviously, we saw a lot of teams, the final four teams that got in or whatever. Um, there was a lot of of talks of like, you know, the 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 tiebreaker to get those teams into you know the the knockout stage was based on point differential. Mm -hmm. They were there were talks about you know is that really the best way to determine who goes who doesn't go you know there, there may be some other ways to make that more competitive or you know whatever um, and then as far as the schedule schedule goes I, I think the schedule worked out I think the NBA did a heck of a job scheduling this around the regular season right. and incorporating these games I think they did a really nice job of, of making that schedule work but I guess I started having trouble realizing was this a tournament game or was this a regular season mm -hmm, game because mm -hmm. they, they were kind of playing them right together and right that got right. a little confusing yeah yeah you definitely had to keep you know pay attention for sure it wasn't like obviously they were playing a tournament game every you know every day or you know whatever it was you know kind of throughout a couple of weeks and mm. some teams played on a tuesday some played on a friday you know whatever just to kind of mix it up or whatever but yeah so there's definitely a lot of questions going forward a lot of things that they can look at and observe but Overall, I think, um, you know, dad touched on it last week. I mean, the ratings were up, you know, at this point in the season, which, you know, I'll be, be quite honest. Sometimes it's tough to get into the NBA this mm -hmm. early on in the season because nobody really cares until about a month or two before right. to see who's making the playoffs, who's not making the playoffs. Um, and, and that's really kind of the crucial time to start watching the NBA. I think this thing has done a nice job of getting interest early on in the season. It'd be so. interesting to see if it, falls off after yeah this right right now do we see a tank in the in the you know it uh you know maybe obviously you have christmas coming up which is usually the nba's you know right. the nba's day if you right. will um we'll see if they can you know keep the ratings up or you know pique people's interest for those nba christmas day games um and then you know we have a little bit of a lull in the action then you got all-star all-star time or yeah. whatever and then by the time All-Star, you know, games finished over, we're at like that month, month and a half time frame before right. the playoffs start. So I, I think it will be, we'll probably see some dips, but it there's enough kind of pockets here and there to keep mm. people's interest on, you know, Christmas Day, All-Star, you know, playoff time, you know, all that stuff. So I think this was kind of well-timed out of when exactly it took place. It wasn't right. like it started right at the beginning of the season. You yeah. know, it's it, game one, you're playing a in-season tournament game. They, you know, let the teams kind of play a handful of games to get, you know, get started and then incorporate this into the into the schedule. Yep. So we'll see. But yeah, overall, I think was a pretty, pretty, you know, successful, you know, thing to start off with. We'll see what adjustments they make to, you know, continue, continue that trend or, you know, see if they can keep this, keep this thing going. So, all right. Well, uh, recap another event that took place over over the weekend. That's uh, the Heisman Heisman Trophy. Um, if you haven't heard the. 
the QB out of LSU, Jaden Daniels, took home the Heisman Trophy this past weekend. Um, you know, second year in a row and, and fifth time in the past seven years that a transfer QB has won the Heisman Trophy. Um, if you don't know Jaden Daniels' story, started out at Arizona State, got a start, got his start as a true freshman for Arizona State, had a couple of decent seasons in Arizona State before um, Arizona State got in some trouble off the field for some recruiting violations that allowed Jaden Daniels to open his, you know, open his recruitment and, and, you know, decided to make the jump to LSU. And, you know, the last couple of years has had terrific seasons there, there in LSU. And it all paid off with, with, you know, a Heisman trophy, you know, winning, winning, uh, this, this past weekend, uh, Matt, what's your, what's your thoughts on, on this? Yeah. You know, I kind of, we, we talked last year that there wasn't going to be a, a runaway winner. Mm-hmm. And, and if you look at this, uh, I believe you, you told me this that just a while ago that yep. this was one of the closest Heisman races in, in recent memory. Yeah. So, you know, I, I think that that played out kind of like we thought it would. Yeah. Um, I, I think Daniels deserved to be the winner, though. I right. mean, the guy accounted the stats for 50, were 50 right. touchdowns right. this year, right. you know, 3,000 passing, 1,000 rushing. I mean, yeah. uh, off the charts mm-hmm. stats. So, mm-hmm. I mean. I, I think you know the right guy won. I was probably a little more surprised on on the the gap between two and three. Mm-hmm. I, I thought Bo Nix really probably would have been the number two in my mind, yeah. but because uh, Penix just wasn't as consistent right. week to week. Right. But I, I think the the big thing was the Penix Nix head to heads and Penix or yeah Penix taking both of those right and, right. And then you know we Harrison kind of fell where we thought he would yeah. there there in fourth. Yeah. Um, I also thought it was interesting to see Jordan Travis coming in at fifth. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know he wasn't actually invited to New York being, right, the, right. being the number five guy, but you know they they talked about how Florida State didn't make the, the playoff because Jordan Travis got injured. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So to me, that that should say yeah. maybe maybe he is the most valuable player in college football mm-hmm. if, right, if that right. made the difference between a undefeated. ACC conference championship team making yeah. the playoffs and not making the playoffs. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You know, obviously, had, obviously, what hurts him is he did get hurt. You know, the last, you know, didn't get to play the last three games of the season. Um, you know that, you know, it's it's tough to put somebody in there with you know three less games. You know, stats. You know, as far as stats go, but uh, you know, yeah, I think probably rightfully so should be in the top ten. Had a you know phenomenal season up until that up until that injury. Um, but yeah, to to me, it's it's you know obviously yeah, Jaden Daniels you know took it with around two a little over two thousand points, um you know and the kind of the the breakdown of that is he received five hundred and nine first place votes, got two hundred and seventeen second place votes, and then eighty six third place votes, um and then I was telling telling Matt before before the show started, kind of the algorithm or the you know the logic to get those number of points, you take the first place votes, you multiply that by three. Take the second place votes, multiply that by two, and then the, the third place votes are just you know one. They're just worth one you know one single point or whatever. Um, so no multiplier on the third place votes, and that's how you get the get the total there. So obviously, uh, you know what separated Jaden Daniels from Michael Penix was the number of first place votes. Mm-hmm. It was almost twice the amount of first place votes compared to Michael Penix. But yeah, to me, it, it was surprising to see how much of a gap two and three really was yeah. um, because I know we talked on the show last week that we thought, you know, those two could have been two a two B, you know, you, you right. if, if one of them was at two, it wouldn't have shocked me because, you know, both of them played fairly well, played the same type of opponents, you know, week in and week out. It, it truly had to have come down to the head to head. And not only did Michael Penix win both the 
but he also played better in those mm-hmm. in those two games as well. And maybe it's an unfair comparison because, you know, again, it's not like Penix and Knicks are going against each other in the sense that they can't affect the outcome. They affect the outcome on one side of the ball right. or, you know, in in certain ways, I guess. So they're Knicks isn't going out there and playing defense at right. the same time. So he can't prevent Michael Penix from putting up stats as well yeah. and and vice versa you know Penix can't stop Knicks from putting up well, and stats really in those games I don't think Penix stats were that much better right, than Knicks right. it's just that they came out on team top came yeah. out on top right, they played right. a little better defense yeah and I think I, you know we had talked about it last week as well of of the four that got invited to New York Penix was the only one that's going to be playing for you know a national champion you know potential mm-hmm. national championship at, at you know at this point does that you know factor in right. did they factor that in as well you know Going to, you know, two versus three, you know, Knicks versus Penix, did they factor that in as, as well as, you know, their their voting or whatever? Um, but, you know, yeah, hats off to, to Jaden Daniels. I think, yeah, it was tough tough not to give it to him, even though, you know, the wins and losses weren't weren't there, or, you know, not typical of what we see from a, from a Heisman winner. Mm-hmm. It, it, it just tough to not give it to a guy that put up the stats that he yeah. that he put up and contributed in so many aspects to that offense. Um, you know, it, it it would be tough to see, or you know, be interesting to see. Okay, if Jaden Daniels isn't there in LSU, what does this LSU team look like? I right. Mean, yeah, they they finished the season, you know, nine and three or eight and four or whatever. Right. Yeah, they probably they, lose yeah, a few more. Right. They they probably looking at you know maybe around five hundred, you know, maybe below five hundred or whatever if he doesn't you know doesn't play or is not you know their starting quarterback. Um. So you know, I think. Yeah, it's just tough not to give it to him because of the stats. Um, you know, obviously, Daniels, third straight quarterback to win this award, seven out of the past eight years at QB. You know, the the lone wolf being Devontae Smith, the wide receiver from Alabama. Winning and that the was the COVID short right, year. Right, right. Um, so, it, you know, again, a QB award, a QB to lose, you know, award at this yeah. at this point. I don't know how you, how you, cha- how you really change that at this point because – the QB does have the ball in his hands for so much time of a game right. and has the ability to to run it and throw it and score and you know all that stuff that it it it's going to take a truly phenomenal season from a position outside of a right. QB to really have a good chance at winning this thing. And you're really kind of surprising you don't see more running backs in this right, thing. Right, I mean, yeah. I think that's kind of how the award actually used to go oh, back yeah. in the day. I mean, right. if you look at the only two-time winner and Archie Griffin being the running back, Eddie <laughs> right. George, right. you know, just talking about my Buckeyes, right. but it, it used to be the running back award. Oh, yeah. It yeah. has definitely transitioned to the quarterback award. Yeah, absolutely. So, so not knowing who's coming, who's going, right. who's your early favorite for next year? I don't know. Um, you know, obviously the top, top four guys are, you know, seemingly gone. gone. Yeah. Um, and even top five because yep, Jordan sure. Travis will be gone. Obviously, Jalen Milrose, you know, finished sixth in this year's mm-hmm. race, and you know, going to be a guy that that'll come back and uh, playing for for Alabama on the you know national spotlight, you know, whatever. Um, you know, it's it's going to be interesting. I mean, outside of Jalen Milrose, yeah, it, it could be anybody yeah, because game, you don't man. even know. You know, looking at these top ten guys, Corum's gone. Corum's gone. McCarthy more than likely will probably you know be gone, depending on how you know how things shake out. Uh, You know, I'm not sure about Ollie Gordon or Cody Schrader what their you know eligibility status looks like, but I I think Schrader's gone as well because he has transferred multiple times or whatever. Mm -hmm. So I think he's probably gone. Um, Harrison has hinted it may be coming coming back, back, right? Right. I, I don't. 
I don't find it very likely when he's going to be a top five draft pick. Right, right. So, I mean, at this point, my, my money's on Jalen Milrow just yeah, because same. he's the only guy that I know that's coming back and I know what I'm getting right. when he's coming back or whatever. So, and, and a guy that is dynamic, sort of like Jaden yeah. Daniels that can run, can throw, but, you know, it, we'll, we'll, we'll see how it plays and out. He's really seemed to figure it out throughout right. the year. Here. Yeah, and I yeah. think that leads into big things next year. Right, when he's going to right. have a full season. Definitely will be probably at the top. But, you know, on, you know, Quinn Ewers, what he does at Texas, if he comes right. back, doesn't come back, I could see, obviously, he wasn't in this top 10, kind of surprising yeah. to see. But, um, you know, if, if he does come back to Texas, I could definitely see his name up there, yeah. um, you know, from Texas. Uh, but, yeah, at, at this point, yeah, it's going to be basically a whole new board yeah. next year of, of guys. Um that have a chance to win this thing. So uh, we will back to back. Right, right. No, no back to back going to happen, going to happen this year, but uh, yeah, we'll, we'll see, see what happens, but you know, a lot of, a lot of good stuff, a lot of good players on this list. Um, You know, tough, tough to narrow it down to just, again, take the list from 10 and narrow it down to four. And then again, narrow it down from those four to just one to one Mm -hmm. guy. So, all right. Well, we're going to take a uh, real quick commercial break. Stick with us. We'll be right back. This podcast is sponsored by Podbean. Podbean is the easiest way to create your own podcast. We use Podbean to host Fired Up. Download the free Podbean podcast app to start, record, and publish your very own podcast in minutes. Podbean provides everything you need to run your podcast, and you can record and publish episodes directly from the app on your phone. Download the free Podbean app today. That's P-O-D-B-E-A-N. Head on over to Podbean at www.podbean.com and use the code PODCAST21 for your first 30 days of podcast hosting for free. Check it out. All right, and we're back. Thanks for sticking with us. Going to talk a little bit of UFC talk here after after the break. Um, UFC 296, the last UFC event, uh, you know, big event for the, for the year. I'm going to take place in, you know, good old Las Vegas, Nevada, where, you know, the UFC lives and dies out there. Uh, This Saturday, December 16th, uh, we got a couple, couple title fights on the, on the card Um, in, in the, uh, you know, welterweight title fight, obviously the headliner of, of the event. Uh, We got the number three seated or number three ranked Colby Covington coming in at 17 and three, taking on the current champion, Leon Edwards, who's 21 and three. Uh, Matt, any thoughts on this on this fight? Yeah, you know, looking at these two guys, uh, you got Leon Edwards, who's nine zero and one in his last ten fights, uh, seven KOs, three submissions, eleven decisions for his total of twenty one wins. Uh, Colby Covington, very similar. He's eight and two in his last ten. He's uh, got four knockouts to his name, four submissions, <laughs> nine decisions. So looking at this, these guys are either knocking each other out right. or they're going the distance, mm-hmm. and you know, that's that's the scary for the champion when yeah. you go the distance right. because you leave it in the judge's hands oh, yeah. anything can happen mm-hmm. so you, you know i i think you're going to watch for fireworks here because i think they're both going to want to knock each other out mm-hmm. and, and not let that happen yeah, yeah but if this thing goes goes the distance it's, it's anybody's ball game yeah yeah absolutely um you know like you mentioned obviously leon edwards the champion comes into this fight on a 12 fight win streak um you know the last time he actually lost a fight was back in 2015 mm-hmm. um then you look on the other side at, at Colby Covington. He comes into this fight at, you know, the old age. I say old uh, in quotations because he's only 36 years <laughs> old. But, you know, that's older for, for a right. UFC fighter. Yep. Uh, he hasn't fought in over 
almost two years. Um, you know, his last fight was against somewhat of a washed up Jorge Masvidal. He was able to beat beat Jorge Masvidal in that in that fight, but again, that was almost two years ago that he that he fought in that one. Um, and it's it's just going to be a little bit different style because um, Colby hasn't hasn't beaten a ranked welterweight opponent mm-hmm. since 2018. So I think this is going to be yeah. For me, it's the more pressure I think is somewhat on Colby Covington because this is kind of the make or break point for him. Right. If he, if he can win this fight, he can prove that hey, I still, I still, I still should be here. I should yeah. still be here. I'm still you know a factor in this welterweight division. Mm-hmm. But if he loses, it, it could send you know somewhat of a downward spiral. You know that he hasn't won a lot of big fights here recently. Um, and and just yeah, so this is kind of the make or break point I think for for Colby in this one. But I think he does have the chance. He he has all the right tools and you know opportunities to take on Leon Edwards in this in this game. I think he has to get Leon on the ground and keep him there. Mm-hmm. Kind of play that you know wrestling match around on the on the ground. Um, you know to really have a good a good shot uh, at, at pulling off the the upset. Um, so this is going to be an exciting an exciting matchup. You, know. you, got, you got any backstory on how he ended up the the number one contender in, in this deal? If he, I mean, the guy hasn't fought in that long. Yeah, I think he's he is somewhat of a of a fan favorite. He mm-hmm. is a guy that you know the UFC you know somewhat loves and you know whatever. Um, you know, I think they just keep him around because he does put on a good show. He does, mm-hmm. you know, he is a competitor. It always seems like whether he wins or loses. He's always competitive in those in those fights. Um, there is a little bit of controversy around it. Like, yeah, why is he getting right. a title shot when there's some other guys in this Walter Waite division that have had recent success and, you know, consistent success, you know, the last several several years or months. But I guess the real number two has just been beaten twice in a row by Leon Edwards. Right. They right. can't do that again. Right, so. right, exactly. So they, they gotta give gotta give somebody else a chance, give somebody else a shot at it and, and you know, see what see what happens. Um but yeah, I, I definitely see if Kobe loses this fight, he'll, you know, drop down the rank. He won't right. He'll have to make his way back up to get another title shot. It won't be, you know, barring that this, you know, fight is not a complete bloodbath and, you know, whatever, Mm -hmm. he would have to, I think, work his way back into that title. It wouldn't be somewhat of like an instant rematch, in my Mm -hmm. opinion, unless it's a super down-to-the-wire type fight. Split Um, decision. Right, right. Um, I think there are other guys in this welterweight that, have proven that they deserve to get a title title fight. If you know Leon continues his dominance in this mm. welterweight division, I think there'll be some others that that you know try to try to take him on. Um, then the other you know title fight that we have in in this UFC 296, uh, we got the flyweight title fight, the uh, 115 to 125 pounders, uh, number two uh, Brandon Royval taking on the current champion in Alexandra Pant- Pantoja. Um, Roy Vall comes in 15 and six record, uh, Pantoja 26 and five, uh, Matt, what's your, what's your thoughts on this? Yeah. Good Pantoja. He's eight and two in his last 10 fights, uh, in his 26 wins, he's got eight by knockout, 10 submission, uh, eight decisions. So, you know, I little, he kind of can do it just about any way there, <laughs> you know, he kind of got runs the gamut. Then you got Roy Vall, who's 15, 6, 7, 3 in his last 10, uh, five knockouts, eight submissions, two decisions. So, you, you know, if this thing goes the distance, I'm probably not liking Roy Vall's chances here because mm-hmm. if it, he, he only has two wins by decision. So, yeah, you know, yeah. it's, it's not usually in his favor. Yeah. Um, 
you know, I, I think Pantoja though, 26 and five, uh, probably the more, definitely the more superior fighter mm-hmm, here mm-hmm. to the 15 and six record of, uh, Roy Ball. Yeah. Yeah. Um, this, this division, as far as flyweight goes, somewhat of like a pinball machine and not just because these are smaller guys mm-hmm. going at it, but a pinball in the sense of parody in this division. Um, you know, if, if you haven't watched the flyweight division or, you know, haven't been paying attention too much to UFC, this particular division has been dominated, you know, somewhat the last couple of years going back and forth, though, between Brandon Moreno and uh, Divison Figueredo. They had four fights against each other <laughs> to determine who was the champion in this division. It kind of went back and forth. One one year it was Figueredo, the next year it was Moreno, then it was back to Figueredo, back to Moreno. Moreno was the champion, and then Pantoja took him on in July, I believe it was. Took him, you know, knocked him off his his pedestal, took the belt. Uh, Roy Vall comes into this one. He's won his last three fights against, you know, some some formidable opponents. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, going to take his shot or get his chance to, you know, probably take that belt or have an opportunity to take that belt. So could we see more parity or more, you know, turnover in this right. in this division? Uh, because it has been, you know, the last several years, you know, just kind of a pinball back and forth of, you know, who, who's who's keeping the belt. We haven't really seen somebody really sustain it here right. for, for a while. Well, you know, um, I appreciate the parody and the, yeah. them, them giving other guys a shot, yeah. you know, because they're all, they're all fighting for the same thing. Right, right. And I, I know once somebody's up there at the top, it, it is hard it's tough, to, tough to, to get over off. that. Yeah, so, you know. It's always the default is always to be the best, you got to beat the best. And sometimes that plays into the judges, you know, scoring and things Mm -hmm. like that, especially if it goes, goes the distance. It's like, all right, did the guy that's trying to get the belt do enough to really, to really beat him, you know, going the distance of all five rounds. So it is, you know, going to be interesting. You know, these two did fight in a non, you know, non-title fight about two years ago. Pantoja did submit Roy Vall in that, in that fight. So they do have, little bit of history, very small, you know, small uh, sample size, but they have, you know, faced off against each other. Obviously a little bit different, different stakes are on the line here. You know, title fight, obviously much, much longer round, you know, more rounds um, to, to fight in if, if, if this thing decides to go, go the distance. So it's going to be, going to be an interesting night. Obviously some other, you know, fights on the main card, Um, you know, Tony Ferguson, you know, a household name taking on uh, Patty Pimblett. Um, the other welterweight one that, you know, is pretty interesting, you know, Steven Thompson versus uh, Shavkat Rogmanov, who probably, if he wins this one and, and you know, takes down Steven Thompson, he's probably going to be, if, if Colby Covington doesn't win, um, he's probably going to be the next one that's taking on Leon Edwards in the welterweight division. Gotcha. This guy, 17-0, and and has every opponent that he has faced, he has finished, finished them. Uh, there's no 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 question this guy is you know the real the real deal so yeah if Kobe can't pull off the upset I think uh you know Rachmanov is gonna get get the, get the, next, the, shot. the next shot at that the title fight as long as he obviously wins his fight that he's got you know on on Saturday but you know heavy favorite going into that mm-hmm. one for for good reason um so we'll, we'll see what happens but yeah it looks like a decent card not a bad card to to kind of finish out the UFC season right. um you know typically this end of the year you never know kind of what you're going to get or, you know, maybe just some guys looking to just, you know, stay in shape and, you know, mm-hmm. at least get on a card or, you know, whatever. But this one seems to be a pretty, a pretty good one to close out, close out the season. So we'll see what, what happens on, on Saturday. 
All right, well, moving over to a little bit uh, less uh, violent game, more of a gentleman's game. Uh, Going to talk a little golf golf news. Um, as you may have not heard or may have heard, uh, big name John Rahm, you know, number three ranked golfer currently in the world, uh, deflecting over to the Live Golf Tour this past week, uh, getting himself a multi-million, multi-year, multi-million dollar contract with the Live Golf Tour. Uh, in the upwards of $300 million, uh, which also includes part ownership of his own team in the Live Golf Tour as well. So, Matt, what's your thoughts on, on you know, John Rahm, you know, a big name, mm-hmm. um, you know, making his way over to, to the Live Golf Tour? Yeah, I mean, the guy's uh, former number one in the world, currently yeah. number three in the world, so right. he's still at the top of his game. He's, mm-hmm. he's won a couple of PGA majors. So, <laughs> you know, it, it's interesting to see that he – because he, he was kind of a holdout for the oh, longest yeah. time. He kept yeah. kind of saying he didn't want to do it, didn't want to do it. Right. I, I think a lot of his holdup was kind of the setup of the live the live tournament and the, the way they play their, their matches. And yeah. it sounds like they're talking <laughs> about maybe make some, making some adjustments mm-hmm. just to appease him. Yeah. And yeah. I think that helped get him on board there. Right. So interesting to see what they do. Really kind of surprising to though because last i had heard i thought live was buying out pga so mm. why do they need to buy pga golfers yeah yeah no they're from what i saw they're still working out the details of uh, that i think this probably will speed up the process of getting that you know conglomerate together right. um but at the moment they still are operating as two separate entities mm. until all because no has signed on the dotted line of you know forming this you know alliance or you know right. group together uh they're still you know trying to work out all the details and everything like that and you might be saying well while they're still working out those details i thought they were you know they weren't oh, allowed nice. to be they weren't allowed to be you know stealing players from each other well that was the case but the supreme court jumped in and said nope you can't do that you know you can't prevent it's somewhat like freedom of speech you can't mm. prevent people from freedom of moving between the two golfers or, you know, it's somewhat of like making money. a monopoly, if yeah. you will, it, you know, by, by preventing them from moving to one group or the other, you're somewhat creating like a monopoly type situation. So they, you know, Supreme court somewhat ruled that unconstitutional. <laughs> and so at the moment, yes, they still can steal players from each other until a deal gets done where the PGA and the Saudi Arabian, you know, public investment fund, form this conglomerate, which is called the PGA Tour Enterprises, is going to be the name of this new business, um, if you will. They have not, you know, struck that deal, have not gotten, you know, gotten it done yet. John Rahm signing with the Live Golf Tour may speed up right. that process because... Well, and good, good move for him to do it now right. before they don't have to pay for these guys. Right, right. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, you know, and it, it's... It's just interesting. I mean, yeah, I, I, you, you bring up, you know, Rom. Yeah, was somewhat of a holdout saying it, but man, I mean, money, money talks. At yeah. some point, I mean, it, it's tough to walk away or you know not you know at least entertain the idea of getting the upwards of three hundred million dollars, somewhat right up you know right up front. You know, right. it's like a you know a you don't. There's nothing that you don't have to tied. win tournaments. Yeah, you don't have to be great. To it. Yeah, yeah. It, it's it's direct money that you get just for being a golfer just for showing up um and so yeah it will be interesting i'm still interested to see after this deal does get done with you know merging these two you know tournament two golf entities how this all works how this all goes um because up until this point the you know saudi arabian you know government 
has spent $3 billion in just two years to fund this, you know, live golf tour. Um, you know, but I think at the same time, they haven't gotten the ratings. They haven't gotten all the publicity that the PGA tour obviously has established because everybody knows who the PGA tour is, right? This live thing, you know, unless you really follow golf, you probably don't know all that much about it. Mm. So they, they, they both need each other in, in some way, shape or form, whether right. they want to admit it or not, the PGA, you know, maybe needs the cash deeper right? pockets yeah. to, you know, fund or, you know, provide more prize money at yeah. all these tournaments, the, you know, Saudi Arabian group, they need the publicity. They need the notoriety of having the PGA behind them and, you know, things like that. So in the end, it, it I think it's going to be good for both. It, it just, you know, will be interesting to see who at the end of the day has the final say in right. some of these big major decisions. Um, but yeah, Rom deflecting to the live golf tour. Yeah. The PGA can't get this thing done soon enough at mm. this point. Um, but yeah, another big, big name making their way. I mean, outside, outside of tiger signing with live at this point, almost all the major golfers that you saw playing in the PGA are now playing for the live golf mm. tour in one shade, you know, one way or another. So it's like, who's left? Who's mm -hmm. left? You know, Rory McIlroy, you know, about the only one outside right. of, you know, Tiger that is left in the PGA Tour that, uh, you know, you've somewhat heard of or know, right. know about. Needle. Yeah. Um, so it will be interesting to see. But, yeah, no deal done between the groups. So this is, this is going to continue to happen until that deal gets done. Um, but, uh, yeah, Brom, obviously a big a big name, getting a big paycheck. Um, and like I said, going to get his own team in the live golf tour. Cause as you may not be aware, but the difference between the live tour and the PGA tour is that not only is it like an individual can win the tournament, but they have teams as well. <laughs> so like you build a four man team and whoever's four man team does the best throughout the tournament also has the potential to bring home some prize money as well. And in each of the captains, and in this case, John Rahm would be the captain of his right. team, gets to pick and choose who he wants kind of on his team. So the rumor is, is that Rahm is going to be poaching more players from the PGA Tour huh. to make up his team. So we could be seeing some more big names from the PGA Tour right. make their way to live to form John Rahm's team. So no no idea or no clue who those you know other three golfers are going to be but obviously john rom's not going to want you know the bottom of the barrel type guys right. he's going to want you know the top the top guys on his team so it'll be interesting to see what what happens you know over the next you know coming weeks to see if there's more that make their way over there to make up you know john rom's team so all right well moving over to uh, a different round ball going back to the hardwood talk a little nba recap of the you know the first quarter of the of the season we're about you know 20 25 games into the regular season for most of the teams um so about you know a quarter away through through the regular season so we're going to give our thoughts on you know who we who we think the you know early title you know contenders are mvp candidates maybe some teams that started out hot you know kind of surprising team and then you know our team that's you know really disappointing us not a team that we expected to be maybe at the bottom of the standings so We'll get things, you know, kicked off here and uh, start with, you know, who we think 
our NBA title contenders are, you know, NBA title favorites are. Uh, Matt, which, what, do you, what do you think? Yeah, for me, I got uh, I got the team coming out of the East being the Boston Celtics. Currently at 17-5, and five, just looking every bit as the best team in the NBA. They're, yep. they're, they're playing phenomenal. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I got them playing the L.A. Lakers, the team okay. who just won the, uh, you know, the in-season tournament. Right, and right. Just they came came to life. They really <laughs> yeah. play, started playing as a team, mm-hmm. and that that mix up between LeBron and Anthony Davis and those those two just you know either of them can go off at, mm-hmm. on any given night. Yeah, you know, having that One, opportunity, punch, that availability yeah. is that that's that's huge, yeah. especially when it comes playoff time. Yeah, so absolutely, you know it 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 showed how great and important it was then. And I think it it'll make its way in the actual playoffs too. Oh, so you know, yeah. I got the I got the Celtics taking on the Lakers. I think ultimately, then the Celtics would win it all. Though. Okay, all right, yeah, two two historical you know franchises, obviously that have met quite a few times in yep. the NBA Finals. Um, been a while since they've matched up, you know, whatever. But uh, yeah, it would be would be I'm. NBA would have no problem selling tickets, <laughs> right. getting viewers to watch TV if those were the two teams that wind up, you know, making it, you know, to the finals. Um, but for me, you know, I, I picked just one team to to win it all. I like the Boston Celtics, and you know, you're probably probably looking at home or listening at home and saying, well, you know what, the, the Minnesota Timberwolves they got the same schedule, you know, same record as the Boston Celtics right now. Why not the Timberwolves? Well, you know, I, I, as much as I like the Timberwolves, and I'll talk about them here in a little bit. The Celtics have been here. They've been in right. the playoffs. They've been to the finals. They've been to the Eastern Conference finals. This every Minnesota, time the Timberwolves get there, they right. The Timberwolves have, if they get in the playoffs, they're just barely squeaking in. Right. They don't usually have a very good showing. The, the the deep playoff experience is not quite there for yeah. me. Where this Celtics team, they have it. They mm-hmm. got the guys. They got a good chemistry. They got a good mix that have been in those playoffs been in game seven type situations, right. been in Eastern conference finals, been in NBA finals. I just think the experience is the, is the difference for me as to, you know, why I'm, I'm going the Celtics route, you know, instead of maybe the Timberwolves in this, in this instance, but you know, the Celtics so far through the season, they're undefeated at home. They're 16 and four against other Eastern conference opponents. Uh, they're they're To me, the one stat that really that sticks out is, they're they're only fouling about seventeen fouls total fouls team right. fouls a game, which is second best in the NBA. So for me, they're playing solid defense. They don't make a lot of stupid mistakes. They don't allow you get to get easy points at the free mm-hmm. throw line. They sit down, play you know, are playing great defense. Uh, you know, I think that'll go a long way. You know, going going forward. So. All right, well then, uh, switching from you know our favorite team or you know maybe the best team to take home a title. Who do we think's taking home the hardware of MVP? Who's been the best player for you so far, Matt? Oh, for me, you know, it's it's not a guy on either of the teams I picked to be in the championship. I got I got Luka Doncic. He's he's showing out again this year. He's got thirty two points per game, eight point nine assists per game, eight point two rebounds per game, yeah. and the Mavericks are playing like a championship yeah. contender yeah. this year. They're, they're uh, one of the more winning teams in the NBA. They'll yeah. be a higher seed. Yeah. And I think that's the difference on why he hasn't really gotten the love in the yeah. years past with all of his stats. Right. If he if they can keep it up and, and keep towards the top of their division, yeah. that that really helps his mm-hmm. chances in the MVP chase. Yeah. And I, I think you know a lot of these guys that have been in the MVP hunt and haven't gotten it, haven't gotten it, haven't gotten it. Right. They they finally they find a way yeah. to get over they, the, yeah. the edge. And I I think this is going to be uh, Luca's year to do it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, I got to agree with you. I got Luca as my early MVP candidate. Um, you know, a, a guy that's putting up putting up the stats. But yeah, the difference this year is the Mavericks 
overall record is better than it has been, you know, in years past to start out the season. I think what may potentially hurt Luca, obviously having Kyrie, another dynamic guard in the in the lineup, currently not in the lineup, you know, and, and the Mavericks are still having success without Kyrie. Luca has stepped up his game to another level, if that's even possible, while Kyrie has been out. Mm-hmm. But if there's any kind of knock or any potential that, you know, you can see some of the stats either diminish or go down for the Mavericks is because, again, you got Kyrie that you can plug in there that somewhat the same player, somewhat, right. you know, similar stats, you know, things like that. I think that could potentially draw some votes away from Luca, but, you know, we'll, we'll see how the, how the voters go. Obviously not only Kyrie being in there, but the Mavericks have to continue to win and, and mm. continue to have success. Obviously we're very early in the season. Lots can change from here until April, um, you know, but so far through the season, Luca's playing, playing great, you know, doing it all on you know both ends of the court uh, i think this is yeah i think this is his year as long as the success continues yep. so all right well then uh moving over to maybe a you know a team that surprised us or gotten off to a real hot start so far that you know we didn't really see coming or didn't expect you know at the beginning of the of the season uh matt what's your what's your thoughts on that well i, I gotta go again with a team that i picked to be in the final okay. and that's the los angeles lakers right. they're at six and four in their last ten just as we mentioned, won the NBA in-season tournament. Yeah. And they've been – they really won it in dominant fashion. They, they kind of blew out every team they played along the way. Yeah. And, you know, when you, when you got LeBron and AD both both hitting on all cylinders, mm-hmm. talk about hot and talk about scary. Yeah. So, you know, they're, they're, they're playing like a, like a championship contender. Yeah. And really not, not the best in the West, though. Yeah. They, they yeah. are, you know, lagging behind some of those teams. Right. But I, I think – if they can put it together and, and keep it rolling, yeah. man, look it'll be, out. It'll be tough out, that's for sure. Um, yeah, well, I got uh, my most surprising team staying in the West, but, uh, you know, the, the Minnesota Timberwolves. And ironically, mm-hmm. I was looking at my notes when we did this segment a year ago, and my most disappointing team was the Minnesota <laughs> Timberwolves. Well, here we are a year later, yeah. and they're my most surprising team. And, you know, for good reason. I mean, they are got tied for the best record in the NBA right now. I don't think anybody saw this. I mean, I guess last year we thought we did. Right, right. We <laughs> thought we were going to, obviously, with, with uh, you know, Rudy Gobert coming over, you know, Mike Conley being there in Minnesota. We thought, you know, hey, the team has the part, the pieces right. to be competitive in this Western Conference, and they just they did, couldn't put it together. Mm-hmm. But this season, it seems like the makeup that you would think of having two big men like Carl Anthony Towns and Rudy Gobert on the floor at the same time, this is what you would expect to see. Mm-hmm. They're third in the NBA in blocks per game. They're second in the NBA in defensive rebounds. They are second in the NBA in the least amount of points allowed per game. So the stats that maybe don't always show up or you know, the, the, the stats that people don't care about as much, right. that's where this Minnesota team is really excelling. They're doing the dirty work. They're mm-hmm. cleaning up the rebounds. They're limiting the points in the paint. They're limiting you know points overall. They're, you know, keeping opponents out of the paint, you know, making them shoot outside shots. This is what you would expect to see from the Minnesota Timberwolves that we thought we were going to get last year, but just took a little bit longer to get to get there. But this is the team that we, you know, we're expecting to see. And, uh, you know, we'll see how it how it goes going forward. Um, Obviously, yeah, very early on, you know, currently, you know, obviously the best tied for the best record in the NBA first in the Western conference. We'll see if they can keep this, you know, success going. 
they do have a tough stretch coming up where they their next five games, they literally play five teams that all have winning records. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's they play the Mavericks, the Pacers, the Heat, the 76ers, and the Lakers. So, you know, five tough opponents. Right. We'll really see what this Minnesota team's made of over this, you know, next five game stretch. Mm-hmm. But so far for me, a, a, a you know, a great showing for this Timberwolves team out of the out of the gate. Well, then, you know, for every surprising team or, you know, hot team, we got to have just as many disappointing or, you know, uh, sad teams, I guess, at this point. Right. Um, I'll, I'll get it kicked off here. Uh, disappointing team for me, um, you know, a team that yeah, we don't talk about much being in this particular segment. That's the Golden State Warriors. Mm-hmm. Uh, currently 10 and 13, last in their division. Currently on the outside looking in in the playoffs in the Western Conference. They're in the 11th, 11th seed. I mean, they are 10 and 13, so only a few games below 500. So, you know, not over alarming, you know, time to, you know, raise the alarm bells or anything like that. But this team, man, is is the points are still there. The offense, still there. They can still put up points and score with the best of them. It, it's the defense, man, that has really taken a, a, a turn. I mean, they're allowing they're, – they're scoring about the same amount of points that they give up. Mm-hmm. So, obviously, that's not a recipe for success. But, you know, as well as the Celtics do is at not fouling, the, the Golden State Warriors do equally as bad at, at, at fouling. <laughs> they, they foul almost 23 they, – they foul almost 23 times a game, almost dead last in the NBA right. as far as number of fouls. So, again – giving your opponents easy opportunities to shoot free throws and get points on a team that's already not playing very well on the defensive end is, right. is not good. Um, well, you got Draymond, right. being Draymond. Right, yeah, he's already gotten thrown out of, you know, several games and, you know, flagrants and, you know, whatever. It just seems like looking, this. Looking down the down the horn of a multi-game suspension after yeah. last night's effort. Right, this team just seems out of sorts. Um, and, you know, I don't know what it's going to take to get them back in, you know, they always seem to find a way to figure it out because they're a veteran team and they've, you know, been in this position before and they know, you know, know what it takes obviously to win an NBA title. But it's like, yeah, what, what you know, is this it? Is this the year that we finally see this makeup Warriors team not be able to mesh and, and make it work? Because again, we've seen in years past where, yeah, they get out to these somewhat rocky starts or, you know, they have some stretches where they don't play as well, but then they always, they always figure it out, but we'll see if this season they can do it. Um, you know, they're even though they are scoring the basketball, they're not shooting very well from the floor either. And and this is a team that ranks in the top five in offensive rebounds. So they're getting a ton of opportunities, right. but they just can't put the ball in the hole. Um, and, and so it will be interesting to see how they how they kind of come come together or if they you know are able to turn it around. Um, I will say law of averages says they're going to start. They're oh, yeah. going to get hot. They're going to figure it out, you yeah. know, because they always do. It seems like, and but I think it probably starts with you know Steve Kerr, the head coach. Mm-hmm. You know, got to got to figure out a way to reel this team back in and right. you know get them focused and things like that. Um, you know, and, and it's going to be tough to do because obviously <laughs> handling Draymond and his emotions and whatever is always a fine line mm-hmm. because it seems like he thrives or he plays better when he is acting the way that he does, right. like he seems to thrive off of that negative energy or, you know, that, that emotion and all that stuff. He seems to, yeah, play better when that right. happens. So it's like, problem is the rest of the team doesn't. Right. Yeah. But it's like, 
at the same time, you have to, it has to be to a certain level because he does you no good if he's suspended for a game. Yeah. So it's like you have to toe a fine line of like letting him be who he is, but not affecting the t- right. entire team at the same time. And and so it's it's going to be interesting to see if they're able to turn around. This would probably be, in my opinion, Steve Kerr's best coaching job to, mm-hmm. to be able to reel it in at this point. So. Matt, who do you think, you know, at this point, who's your most disappointing team? Well, I, I took what was probably the easiest way out on this oh, one, yeah. and that's got to be the Detroit Pistons. <laughs> Two yeah. and 21, right. losers of 20 yeah. straight now. Right. I, I can't even fathom. Did, didn't win a game. Every, every blind squirrel finds a nut every right. now and then. And didn't they, win a game in the month of yeah. November. 20, lost all their 20 straight losses. Yeah. That, that is unheard of. Yeah. I was, I, and they've got young talent that oh, yeah. I, we thought these guys would be okay. Right, right. Two and twenty-one, nobody saw coming, and, no, no. Just, and, and, yeah. a, and a somewhat of a good coach, Monty Williams. Mm-hmm. You know, coming over from Phoenix, who right. you know had some success in Phoenix right. with you know the players that he had. I guess maybe it's proven Phoenix, right? That they let him go. <laughs> right? Yeah, exactly. Just not able to mesh all these young guys because obviously the Pistons have not been good the last you know several several seasons. So they've been picking up towards the top of the draft. But right. you know, I felt like they have done a really good job through the draft of picking right. some guys that. You know, not just picking the same guys at the same position, but picking guys that, you know, all kind of mesh well and whatnot. And, you know, I thought maybe this year would be the year that all those, you know, pieces would kind of come together. But right. no, so far it has <laughs> not. It has been total opposite. Yeah, um, yeah it's going to be going to be tough um, to, you know, turn it around. But, mm. um, you know, we'll see what, what the Pistons are able to do the next, you know, half or next three quarters of the season. Can they put at least a competitive unit right. out there, uh, night in and night out, to you know try to get themselves out of the out of the basement at this point? But it's going to be tough. Not looking good. Yeah. Um, so, all right. Well, that's our that's our show for tonight. We uh, thanks for listening to Fired Up with your hosts Colton Cow, Matt Cordes. We uh, hope you enjoyed our episode this week. And if you want to hear other topics for future episodes, or you know you just got a burning sports question you want to hear us talk about on the show, feel free to reach out to us on our different social medias. Uh, we do have an Instagram if you search for Fired Up underscore podcast, or you can find us over on Facebook if you search for Fired Up Comma Sports Podcast. And as always, you can head over to our website at www.firedup1.podbean.com where you can find all of our past episodes and you know just a little bit of information about the show. And as always, you can find this show and all of our past shows on pretty much any podcast platform you can think of. Apple, Google, Spotify, Pandora, so all the big names. You can find our we can find our show and uh, real quick before we you know totally break this thing out we do have our bull mania challenge football bull mania challenge going on um, first first bowl games get started on Saturday um, so free to enter we're on ESPN look for our social medias you can find all the information about you know the link to get to the group and get in and whatever we will be giving away a prize to first place so again free to enter so if you don't know anything about college football. Go ahead and throw your name out right. there. Anything can happen. Um, sometimes the experts don't seem to know all that they think they do either. So we uh, would appreciate you guys, you know, joining in, joining in that group. Again, free to enter. There will be a first place prize. So appreciate you all, you all, you know, getting in the group and you know taking a stab at it. So, um, anyways, that's our that's our show for tonight. So as always, stay, stay fired, fired up. up.